This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Bruce Linton speaks about cannabis education. Now, let's join Moses as he introduces Bruce to the stage. It was exactly a year ago, a year ago last night at the very same party, that uh, Bruce Linton and I fell in love. (laughs) And, you know, he's that kind of a guy. He overwhelms you. You do a fabulous deal, and then he gets on an airplane, and you never see him again. But I'm not going to complain here in public. Uh, Bruce is the great pioneer and the great kahuna in the business. Canopy is the number one company with a market capital that is quite outstanding and astounding. And he thinks it's just the beginning. And uh, I hope as he comes out here, come on out here, Bruce, he'll let us know what the next phase is. I'm back. Oh, thank you. Will, will you take me back? I will. Okay. Moses opened up um, a little bit about the fact that um, I, I, don't, I don't think we view ourselves as competitors with anybody who follows the rules. So in Canada, there's a lot of people who are participating in the sector who didn't follow the rules and don't want to. And then there's a bunch of us who uh, like rules and we want more rules. And in that context, uh, when we wanted to try and dominate the world, take over the world, do something big. Um, yesterday, we uh, had a vote which was very un-Canadian. A Canadian corporation wishes to buy a U.S. corporation for about 3 or $4 billion. And we're doing that because Canada started this figuring it out process. And what we're going to do around the world is we're not going to export cannabis very much. We're not going to ship big containers of it. What we're going to do is ship intellect. Intellect's in the form of IP. And so if you can run a clinical trial, and we've got about 60 clinical trials, so if you want to sleep better, if you want your dog to be less anxious, if you want your aunt or uncle or mom and dad to be in a long-term care facility where they're not actually getting loaded up with pharma products, that's the kind of stuff uh, that's, that's being researched now. And so our whole idea was that um, if you get all the ideas and you put them together, you do the work, why wouldn't you want to have a platform you can take them to around the world, including America? And so a Canadian company, us, has agreed to buy an American company for a lot of money. But we've done it in a way that's to follow the rules. And I give you that in that if you look around this space and uh, you try to figure out what it's about, first you have to follow the rules. You have to read the regulations and you have to understand how they're evolving and where they're going. Because the future is going to be based on intellect. It's going to be based on export of concepts and it's going to be based on governing something that there's no regulator on the, can- on the planet originally who says, I hope I get to govern cannabis. Like the Canadian ones didn't want to do it. And the people from Germany, they didn't want to do it. So they came to Canada to see how we do it. 
And the Jamaican ones didn't want to do it, and they came to Canada. And so it's, it's this thing. Um, you know what I need? I need the person in the red shirt. Um, so I want to talk a little bit. Everybody talks about edibles. It's actually ingestibles. So ingestibles simply mean that it's not smoked, it goes in your mouth, and you can, you can enjoy it. And um, they're very popular. Right now we have them in Canada, and they're the form of like a liquid or a gel cap. And uh, on Tuesday, to name drop, I was in... Anybody from New Brunswick? New Brunswick is all in on cannabis. Like you'd think it'd be California or British Columbia or something. No, it's, it's New Brunswick. Um, I was in New Brunswick with uh, Martha Stewart, yes, that's name dropping, presenting uh, at a conference. And uh, the New Brunswick people, they run their cannabis stores. So it's the government of New Brunswick. They hire people and they run cannabis stores, sort of like the LCBO. And for this conference, they thought, we don't want to inconvenience these people from around the globe having to go to a cannabis store. The government opened a cannabis store effectively in that back corner. Can you imagine you're in a provincial jurisdiction called New Brunswick, and you're from all over the world. Martha Stewart's on stage talking about cannabis, and, oh, and by the way, they had a spotlight the entire time on the awning saying NB Cannabis. And not super surprising, it was the busiest store in the province. Um, but th that's sort of where we are. So maybe we'll have the store next year here. We have a forward-looking statement. I apologize for it. Um, what I will explain is I have to put this up because we're a publicly traded company. Um, but when you're a publicly traded company in cannabis, it's a very funny journey. Um, we became the first listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, the Venture Division. And if anybody's bought a stock from the Venture Division, usually it's somebody that tells you a lie. They say, like, if I dug a hole right here, I'd probably find gold, diamonds, and oil. And then they list on the Venture Exchange, and they take your money, and they don't even buy a shovel. Um, so when we were listing, they were very, very cautious with us. They, they reviewed everything I did up and down, and, and I said, why are you being so picky? They said, well, we ha we're worried about you know, reputational risk. Well, you can imagine that kind of, the guy doesn't buy a shovel and you're worried about my reputational risk. But we got there, and we had to put this thing up. And then we moved forward, and now we're on the New York Stock Exchange. It's kind of a big deal. We're the first company on the New York Stock Exchange, but it's hilarious. Um, I don't know anybody went to university or college here, but sometimes you had weird relationships where like, Maybe you were that person's boyfriend, but for some reason you couldn't meet her friends. Um, well, we kind of have that relationship with the New York Stock Exchange. We're listed on the New York Stock Exchange, but we're not allowed to touch the bell. We're not allowed to be photographed with the bell. There will be no imagery of us, and there are two types of bells at the New York Stock Exchange. There's one which is a small one, and they carry around. Can't touch that one. And there's a big one with a balcony. We're not even allowed to go on the balcony. And I give you that in that I think um, there was some discussion to get rid of bias, but I believe that as long as there is bias, there is opportunity. And if it fell over tomorrow, I would have a big problem. So that may be the first time the forward-looking statement's possibly interesting. So I'm going to play a little video. Um, I think it shows a little bit of what the future looks like, and it's not intended to be a sales pitch, but I don't want you to think cannabis looks like a bag that says Ziploc and that it's got butt in it. Um, I don't think that you will view the future of the products I described that way, or the audiences that way. Pre-rolls that appeal. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was deemed to be a medical product for some time in Canada, at least by Snoop. Um, it now is more recreational. But when you think of form factors, technology, how this can create outcomes that actually become products of the future that go around the globe. We also began in a Hershey chocolate factory, and you can think of maybe having a Tweed and Tonic uh, December 17th. 
clear products that everybody in this room will not be dehydrated from, will have fun with, will not worry about drug-on-drug -drug interaction, and won't say, well, I, I can't join the party because uh, the doctor said no alcohol. These are designed to be something different. Coming up after the break. What you want to think about is how do we give them care and how do we do it in a fashion that actually gets rid of anxiety, increases mobility, generates appetite, and puts them in a spot where they actually sleep well. Anybody I've ever met that hates cannabis, as soon as you take them through that direction and discussion, realizes that maybe they don't hate cannabis. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Bruce Linton speak about cannabis education. The way the world works right now is you start at the bottom. So on the left-hand side, you begin a business. It doesn't matter if you start in the Hershey Chocolate Factory, you build it in big greenhouses, you do it around the world. Everybody tries to figure out how do we grow cannabis. And how do we grow a lot of cannabis? How do we grow it reliably? How do we grow it organically? How do we grow it cheaply? But after a while, what you're doing is you're growing the ingredient. And so think of that plant as simply producing an ingredient. And the ingredient that we get paid for right now are only two, THC and CBD. There's about another 90 plus ingredients in there for which we don't get paid and we have really very little knowledge of what they do. And over time, that ingredient may continue to come from a plant or that ingredient may come from a synthetic basis. It may be created with yeast or algae. And over time, the ingredient will be subordinated into something that is as exciting as where do you get your sugar to make your soda? Where do you get your poppy extracts called alkaloids to make painkillers? All these things are ingredients. And the capacity to produce ingredients and the excitement about it probably overwhelms most people and it shouldn't over time. Because what you need to do to get the ingredient out of the plant is called extraction. And what happens from time to time in the illicit market is people blow up their house. And the reason they do that is butane is an inexpensive, effective way to get the ingredients out, but it's also a good way to cause an explosion. Now, in technology worlds, what you want to do is be able to use this extraction process and take those 100 ingredients and put them in individual discrete piles. And if you could do that, they're called APIs, active pharmaceutical ingredients. And if you have those little discrete piles, smart scientists can just say, what if I mixed two from that pile, one from that pile? Now can I do a trial to see if that triggers a combination of permanent, deeper, uninterrupted, non-insomnia sleep. And if you can do that, there's about $10 billion spent on stuff that people hate. It's called Ambien, and it's a way to sleep, but it's a way to feel crappy when you wake up. And if you can take those piles and put them together and diminish anxiety, everybody's hopefully gonna have a mom or a dad who end up in a long-term care facility. And they're gonna be there for longer than the prior generation. And when they get there, you know what happens? You take mom and dad and you say, well, you know, you're going to fall down the stairs at the house. So we found this really terrific place we're going to put you in. It has a piano. Kids come to it. It's, it's lovely. And the food's going to be terrific. And you're going to stay in this little room and people come and help you. And when mom and dad are there, or aunt or uncle there, they start having a couple of things go on. They get a bit anxious. Good indicator of that is if you've got somebody in that kind of care and they're updating you on the weather really frequently, that's a good signal they're anxious. I'm very knowledgeable of the weather six hours away from my home. Um, if they feel that they're not very mobile because they're older, they start having to take a painkiller or some diminishment of that. And if they're not sleeping well, when they wake up with a residual sleep, as you're older, you metabolize things less quickly, and so all of a sudden you start saying, geez, I think dad might be a little bit going because um, in the morning it doesn't make any sense. And 
over time he's making a lot less sense and maybe it's drug on drug interaction. So maybe what we're doing to these folks is rather than giving them a kind of care, like as I explained, the cure to getting old is terrible. Yeah, it's bad. Um, patient doesn't like the cure to getting old. So what you want to think about is how do we give them care and how do we do it in a fashion that actually gets rid of anxiety, increases mobility, generates appetite, and puts them in a spot where they actually sleep well. And if we can do a baseline study and we can actually diminish the impact of cognitive function so that they're actually thinking well clearly and enjoying life. Anybody I've ever met that hates cannabis, as soon as you take them through that direction and discussion, realizes that maybe they don't hate cannabis. And so that's the future that comes out of extraction because it leads to the upper left, which is medical research. Um, that beverage I showed you earlier, it's an anti-anxiety liquid format beverage. Now that doesn't sound very exciting, but if you actually want to study how it works, you have to make it into a clinical medical process. And you have to think about how the pathways that it gets to the person. And so everything that's informing the future is medical research because then you take that output and you move it over to the right-hand side, which is the party. Because the good party does not involve, um, you know, you may have from time to time smelled cannabis more frequently in Ontario or in jurisdictions you're in where people are smoking it. They're actually not smoking. What they're doing is decarboxylating cannabis. These processes create activated ingredients, but really the, the opportunity for Canada is to create the intellectual property, the clinical trials, and globalize what we do. And we should be proud of it. And if you interact with your MPs or your MPPs, we need to push them because they got right to the line where they said, we're gonna do it, but we don't really wanna make very interesting labels, and we're gonna be a little reluctant on trials. And I say that in that, um, believe it or not, to do a dog trial in Canada, and I'm not, I'm not on for herding dogs, I've been to the place where the dogs are, they're actually a colony of geriatric dogs, they're all beagles, and this, if you invented a dog food and you wanna say, this dog food makes that dog lose weight, gain weight, move faster, they actually have the trial and then you buy the dog food at your vet and you pay like $11 a can for the dog food. Um, that's the kind of place where you do the trials. To get the approval to do a clinical trial for a dog in Canada to see if we can help it have diminished anxiety so that when you go to work and close the door and the dog that you've owned for like seven years has gotten to be anxious as it got older and now it goes crazy when you go to work. And crazy is defined by either chewing up your couch, defecating in your house, or barking all day. None of which are favorable outcomes. If you want to do a dog trial in Canada, it takes much, much longer to prepare and register that trial than a human trial. Yep. You say, well, why could that be? Well, there hasn't been a history of prescribing cannabis to dogs. Um, we've had since 2001 humans having it. But if we really want success, we have to figure out how do we maybe do that Zeus poem and do the things that haven't been done before, do them here first. Turn them into intellectual outcomes and create better things because the difference between that old dog and your old parents is just the number of legs touching the ground. Like, it isn't a huge stretch to figure out an old dog, which I've had one of, and an old mom, which I thankfully still have one of, um, they get anxious, they get pain, they get inability to sleep, they diminish their appetite, they become smaller. And if you can actually do something about that, you make for a much better last year's of life. And so these are the sorts of things we have to get our regulators comfortable with, because I think we as a population, we like old dogs, and I like my mom. So... Um, to wrap up, the, the, I'm going to steal a line. Cam's going to come up later. And um, their founder had a good line that I heard. And I, I actually uh, like boring good lines. I've been explaining the cannabis sector has a curve that goes up like this. That everybody we interact with now becomes more interested in the topic, whether they have a dog or a mum, or they want to know about the beverage in December 18th, because that might make New Year's better. Um, but if you look at where we are as a sector today, 
never in the history of our planet going forward, unless we find a way to completely explode the place, will the cannabis sector be smaller. There's no chance it will be smaller. We don't know what 90 plus of these cannabinoids do. We are excited about Canada with our 36, 37 million people of actually becoming rational. And we're not excited. You know what we did on October 17th? We didn't legalize cannabis. It was illegal in, it was legal in 2001. What we did is we decided we should regulate, monetize, and educate. Kind of boring topic, but if you think about what governments should do, shouldn't they regulate, monetize, and educate? And so there's about 36 million people living in a country that's got it right. There's going to be a lot more around the world, but we're going to have never a step back in terms of the size of this. And we're never going to have a chance bigger than this for Canada on any other topic in the next 20 decades. Because we've not led anything since maybe penicillin and a phone call. Really. <laughs> and so we got to pause and say, how are we going to maximize this? Moses, I promise I'm, I am going to come back to you because I, he says that I overwhelm him. You should try and meet Moses at his event at the castle uh, with a thousand people coming by and him explaining what he does. And I knew of this guy because he's an icon in Canada. And if you think about people trying things that you shouldn't try because it's not done in Canada, well done, sir. Like, it's... You. You're such a smoothie. Ah, I just got to get off the hook, man. Book the call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's booking a call with me right now. Right now. So, <laughs> um, so we did buy the company, uh, announced that yesterday. We have a quarter to put out tonight. I would expect to be regular programming by Friday afternoon, but you're probably busy with a few people. Well, okay. Saturday or Saturday's Sunday? Saturday's good. Or Sunday. Sunday's even better. Sunday's even better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how much money do we you have a, we have a part we, we each have a part-time job. We work sort of 7 till 7, and then we take the rest of the day off. It's awesome. <laughs> how, how much did you spend yesterday? Well, so um, here's a hilarious thing. Who thinks it's legal to sell cannabis in America? Well, you're good, because it's not. Ask the feds. And so every state you go to does this, but the feds say you shouldn't do that, and they haven't been very activated on managing that. And so it's becoming a gong show. And it's because each state has different criteria. You can be a medical patient in one state, and because you thought you were ill, you can get on, and in certain states you can't have pain and get cannabis. And so what they're doing is they're gonna regulate it eventually, where the government at the federal level is probably gonna say, whatever the state says is good, that makes it federally legal in that state, but if Utah doesn't want any, we're not gonna really upset them and make it legal, because we wanna get elected in Utah. And so it's gonna be this very uneven patchwork, and so what we did is we struck a deal yesterday that when it becomes federally permissible, we'll pay about an exchange ratio today valued at about three and a half billion dollars for this company that's in 20 states. But it's so that we don't do something federally illegal now because I would get kicked off the New York Stock Exchange and that would hurt because when I show up in a place like Japan, I don't want to talk about cannabis. I want to talk about the fact that Deloitte was my first auditor and I'm on the New York Stock Exchange and I guess I do cannabis. Like you just got to kind of ease into it because like Japan's not super keen on this yet. So you borrow the trappings of others and if you break the laws, you lose those trappings. That patchwork sounds a lot like the retail situation in Canada, doesn't it? It does, and you know what happens is if you have stores, people can go to a store, get an education, make a good decision, and come back. If you have a government website and say, please give me your home address and a credit card so you can buy weed from the government, a lot of people say, are you mental? Exactly. Like, no chance. Um, and so that e-commerce thing for cannabis has been a bit of a stretch. Right. Okay. All right. Next up. Please. Thanks, man. Bye -bye. See ya. Be good. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. 
and find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.